Wow. Thank you uh, for that. Good evening, church. Wow. And thank you for that. Avondale College, your finest. All right. It's really funny. Super funny, isn't it? Let's make them look like an idiot. And then let them preach. Cool. Uh, just repent. Uh, that was extremely powerful. Um, a lot in there, a lot of layers in there. I had to ask Shannon if she wrote that. Um, she confessed not, but how powerful was that? So thank you, Shannon and Josh, for taking the time to memorize that and present that and deliver that to edify the body of Christ tonight. Um, I pray that you were, were spoken to and, and uh, challenged through that. Hey, a couple things tonight uh, before we dive in. I just want to um, do a couple of just quick thank yous. And thank you, Avondale College, especially for having me here. It's been an, just an incredible week uh, for me. When I tell you that there's no other place that I would rather be, I mean that with all sincerity of heart. Uh, the only thing that would be icing on the cake is to have my wife and daughter with me here, um, and hopefully uh, in trips to come, that will become a reality. I want to thank Wayne, uh, especially for the invitation to come here. Uh, Wayne took a bit of a risk, didn't know much about me before inviting me. I was in his office last, last year sometime, just came up for the day, and uh, that's where this dream and vision uh, first began, and so it's just, uh, yeah, deep gratitude for you, brother, and the opportunity to get to know you and your wife a little bit this week has just been simply outstanding, and so I pray that you, Avondale College, recognize the gift that you have in Wayne French and his bride, and uh, just deeply grateful for him. I want to thank God for all the music and the talent and the gifts, because uh, what happens up here is actually just a uh, 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 well, the revealing of what's been practiced, and so a lot of time has been put in uh, for students that have come out for sound checks and everything else, and, and certainly things that we just experienced here. Uh, this all takes a lot of time. So I thank all those that participated with music, with drama, uh, the team up here with the sound and everything else. Thank you guys very much uh, for your faithfulness and uh, for your willingness to serve, even though you are not up front and in the light. So thank you so much. I want to thank God especially for uh, Carly and uh, for Carla. Um, Carly has served faithfully uh, and then got struck down uh, uh, with the news from last week, had surgery on Tuesday, um, but it's just an incredible inspiration to meet you. And uh, for those that have participated and helped out with our prayer group every, every session, um, where Carla has stepped in predominantly, and some others. Um, sorry if I'm missing your names, but I thank God for each one of you and your service. It did not go unnoticed. Um, and and uh, before I get to one more, I just want to thank you, Avondale College, the student body. Um, I really thank God for you, for the meals that we've been able to share together, uh, for the emails that you've sent, whether they were blessing or curses, um, for the conversations we had in the highways and byways and on campus, those impromptu and those planned. Uh, it's just been a joy to share those conversations with you. Again, as I mentioned earlier this week, some people think it would be exhausting. And, and truth be told, 
today I'm, I am feeling a little tired, um, but I just, I delight in it, and, and I just thank God for the opportunity to talk and communicate. Um, you edify me, and I pray that by God's grace and, and His Spirit abiding in me, uh, you too have been edified and blessed. Um, I, I thank God for the biotines, the spray. I've doused my mouth a couple times this evening, uh, so thank you, uh, representing uh, the hospitality, uh, those of you who invited me into your house, um, just, yeah, thank God for you. Um, and I think I already mentioned, but the anonymous notes, there's somebody, uh, or a couple anonymous notes came my way, um, which I don't always get the anonymous note guy, but um, thank God for you as well. Um, lastly, I want to thank God for Jesus Christ. Um, and I truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank Him for showing up this week. If you have been blessed, if God showed up, if God spoke to you, uh, we don't have anybody else to, but to thank God. Um, and so I, I just am deeply grateful again, as I mentioned to you early on in this week, uh, the preaching event is one that has been happening for some 6,000 years, a little over 5,000 years, whatever, somewhere a long time preaching has been happening. It's one mechanism that God chooses to deliver His message, to deliver the gospel, and so I consider it a huge honor to be a part of that lineage, um, to, to have, have God call me out from the direction that I was heading, and uh, for the opportunity to stand here in front of a student body, in front of faculty and staff, um, is just an, an enormous honor. Um, and so I pray that uh, by God's grace, uh, you have been touched this week. Um, and I pray that by God's grace, I have served you well. Um, and so I just simply thank God for Jesus Christ. Without further ado, I'm going to invite you to bow your heads with me. Uh, we're looking at 825. There goes the uh, secret water bottle. Don't know why I put that there. It's not probably the safest place, so we'll leave that there. Um, but yeah, without further ado, let's dive into Scripture tonight. And as always, we open with a word of prayer. Why? because we want God, the divine inspiration of this book, to inspire our hearts, to inspire our minds, to inspire our thoughts, um, and, and above all, uh, just believe and claim that Jesus will show up here and speak to us and uh, truly twist us, bend us, uh, shape us, do whatever it takes. So let us pray together, and we'll dive into Scripture. Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to be on this campus. It is simply a huge honor, and I'm deeply grateful once again for, for the lineage and heritage that this school represents. I'm deeply grateful each time to be able to come to this continent, and I'm deeply grateful for the saints that are gathered here tonight, and just the way that they have blessed me, that you have blessed me in and through them. Um, so I just thank you, God, for being alive and well today. I thank you for working miracles in our lives this week, and, and so... Yeah, we're simply deeply grateful. Once again, would you be lifted up in this place that in so doing would you draw all people unto yourself? We desire more and more and more of you and less and less and less of sinful self. So God, speak to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, this week, if you've been following along, we've been diving into the book of Philippians. We've actually gone verse by verse by verse by verse. We've hit every single book, uh, verse in the book of Philippians. And tonight we are going to wrap up and finish starting um, in verse 10 
on to the rest of the chapter. But before we do, and before we get there, I just want to highlight a few of the verses. Now, for those of you who are just tuning in, you may be wondering what's on the back here. Uh, these two verses on the side, Galatians 2, 20. Uh, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is Galatians 2, 20 and 21. We will be looking at those in the morning, so I encourage you to come out uh, as we wrap up Philippians tonight, bump into Galatians in the morning. These verses back on the screen, uh, on, the, on the back wall here, represent the verses that have been highlighted through each of the evening sessions. Um, but I just want to highlight a few of them. The first one being Philippians 1, verse 6 on the screen behind me. Uh, the screen in front of you, and it says this. And again, church, Paul, he's writing from a jail cell. As you read this book, and you just keep in mind, and we're going to see this a little bit more as we close out, as you read this book, it's hard to imagine this dude is, is stuck in a prison uh, because the way he keeps so positive is, is really overwhelming. kind of reminds me of our sister Carly, uh, just of how she remains so positive in spite of some things that could, could potentially uh, be, be overwhelming to some of us or most of us. Uh, but Paul declares these things and promises these things. And so we just want to look at a few through the verses we've already covered uh, to kind of catch us all up to speed. And then we'll bump into uh, Philippians 4. Uh, so Philippians 1 verse 6 says this, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And I just pray once again that this would be of encouragement to you, that your soul would be inspired, uh, that you would be comforted. Why? Because the reality is, is we're facing hell on earth. The reality, uh, reality is, is that things hit the fan and splatter. Things in our life go differently or contrary than the way we had originally intended or, or would maybe desire them to go. But the promise is still there, and so we claim it. Why? Because the letter that Paul wrote in the jail cell to the church in Philippi, we are believing and just claiming today that this church or this letter that Paul wrote many years ago to them is practical and applicable to our lives today. And so Paul says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work, that God, Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, who began a good work in you, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. For those of you who struggle with sin, this should be a word of encouragement to you because many times in our life and in our journey, we don't feel necessarily close to God or, or we don't look like we're heading to heaven or we don't act that way or whatever it is, but he has promised that what he began, he will complete. And we need to keep in mind always that it is not our job to fix ourselves. That is his job and his responsibility. And it's a beautiful thing. Moving on to Philippians chapter 1, uh, verses 2, uh, sorry, uh, verse 27. It says this, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in what church? Say this with me now. In one spirit with what? One mind striving side by side, men and women, side by side, for the faith of the what? Gospel. So may your life and manner of life be worthy of the gospel. What does that mean? What it means is, as you read through the context of this book, your, your life being worthy of the manner of the gospel doesn't mean that you are acting perfect. 
It means that you are in full recognition that you are a sinner, that you are broken and you are in need of a savior. And you recognize that you don't have your act together, but you've come to discover one who has had his act together, does have his act together, and will continue to have his act together. And that is none other than Jesus Christ. And so to live your life worthy in a manner that is worthy of the gospel is to simply remain in a posture where you are surrendered and that he is reigning supreme in your life. Your, your kingdom dies, his kingdom comes. And again, have I fully obtained it? By no means. Am I walking in this perfectly? By no means. Do I love it? Absolutely. Do I strive for it? 100%. Do I long for it more than anything else? 100%. I love my wife and daughter, I love my family, I love friends, I love all of this, but I am hungering and thirsting for the kingdom of God on this planet. And I'll tell you right now, as I told Pastor Mark Craig tonight, driving up here uh, uh, in preparation for our session in the morning, if you guys are around, check that out. What is it called again? Regeneration, please, nine, nine o'clock, free breakfast, what you talking about, you heard? Uh, but what I told him tonight, I will tell you, I leave, I leave on Sunday with great trepidation because I'm walking into a church that has never had a drum set before, um, that is used to, to uh, traditionalism and for, uh, uh, just forms and methods that for me are very uncomfortable, um, but for them have been uh, commonplace as one a uh, Baptist consultant told them, if the 1950s come back, you're going to be poised to grow and grow well. But if they don't come back, you're probably in bad shape. Uh, so I leave here on Sunday. I'm not trying to be anything, but other than to tell you, I'm, I'm really scared out of my mind. Uh, because I know that what it is that God is calling us to is, is something far different than what they've been experiencing for a long period of time. There's a lot of heritage there. There's a lot of history there. The head deacon is the dude that built the church in the 1950s. So what I'm stepping into is a little bit scary, but we're claiming the kingdom of God. And I would challenge you and encourage you, Avondale College, that if this week God has shown up in your life, as some of you has, have testified, uh, if, if God has called, uh, shown up and spoken to you and is challenging you, step into it. Don't just keep going business as usual. Don't allow Monday to roll around and you're just business as usual. And I can tell you this now almost more than ever because when Monday rolls around, I'll be unloading a truck because our truck is arriving on Monday at our new house. Uh, but I can promise you that, this, that we're stepping in and we are claiming the kingdom of God. One brother in Christ I talked to today said, uh, he said, Matthew, I've, go to the, I've gone to this church my whole life, a not this church, but a particular church, and I've heard all these promises made, but I've never seen anything come to fruition. I'm at a place, church, in my life where I, I'm not only claiming the promises of Scripture, but if they don't come to fruition, then something is fundamentally wrong, and I just can't seem to partake of that any longer. So in other words, for me, in many respects, this is like a last-ditch effort. And I say that with a little bit of trepidation, but that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just sick and tired of mamby-pamby, powerless, tail-between-our-legs Christianity. I'm sick and tired of just coming into church and playing church, strike up the music, let's pull out the bulletin from last week, fill in the blanks of who's going to plug in where, and that's what we're going to do as church. 
It's the 21st century. Jesus Christ is alive and well today. If the dude that lived 2,000 years ago has flipped this world upside down, which would be kind of hard to do because it's round, okay? Uh, but he's, he's really flipped. This world has never been the same since Jesus Christ has come to this planet. And yet some, somehow, some way, we've gotten off track and off kilter. No offense to you, but, but may it be offensive. <laughs> uh, we've gotten off track. When you read scripture, this, in my humble opinion, and my understanding, and I think we would all agree that what we read in here, we ought to be experiencing. And if we're not, something is fundamentally missing. And I don't think it's the Bible's fault. I don't think God has become powerless. I think it's we've gotten in the way. Our own pride, our own ego, our own religiosity, our own theologies, our own misconceptions have gotten in the way. So it's due time that we get in Scripture, dive into it, get to know Jesus, get to know what he spoke about, get to know what he promised and claimed, and start stepping forward in it. And church, I will just affirm you right now, I praise God for my brother that stood up here and talked about his car and everything going to Nepal. It It is incredible to me, side note now, it is incredible to me how God is working in your lives. So please don't think that I'm coming here bashing you. There is evidence of the fruit of the Spirit that is alive and well in you. And for that, we ought to celebrate and affirm. But we ought to not just stop there. We ought to not just let, let festival of faith come and go and every year you bring in a speaker and this, that, and the other and we just come in here and, and rah, rah, rah and we get all, all ramped up and hyped up but then it, it, it just fades. I don't think Jesus is a fader. I don't think he's a loser. I think he's the king of kings and lord of lords. I think he's the most incredible human being to ever walk the face of the earth. And not only was he just a human being, he happens to be God. And he's calling you. He's inviting you. As you just heard so beautifully displayed in that that dialogue that just went on. He loves you in spite of what we become. So yeah, let you be in one spirit, in one mind, striving striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Hear the gospel. Get into the gospel. Understand and unpack the gospel. May it be a theme in your life. May you walk out of here, not with all the answers, but may you walk out of here with a challenge to get to know what is the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the good news in here? All too often in our lives, and I'm sorry for keep beating this drum, but all too often what you have heard is not good news. It's not something you celebrate, and so something is fundamentally wrong. So I just challenge you, get into the Word of God. At our church, we're going to start AA, Adventist Anonymous. Because, and I'll tell you why. Because there are more Adventists living in my community where I'm about to move to that aren't going to church than that go. And I guarantee you when I poll these people and ask them, why did you leave the church? I promise you here and now, I can just prophesy right now. Let me just prophesy in this moment. In this moment. 
I can promise you that every single human being that I talk to, if I say to them, did you leave the church because you looked at the life and teachings of Jesus and you decided in your heart, you know what, this guy is a creep, I don't like him, and I just don't want anything to do with Jesus. I guarantee you, without fail, 100% accuracy, that not one person is going to tell me, I left the church because of Jesus. And so if that is the case, and if you're in agreement with me, I would simply say something is wrong, where we've gotten off track, where we've lost sight of Jesus, we've lost sight of the gospel, and he's calling us to it. I want so badly to be a part of the One Project. <laughs> and I, I'm serious. All right. I've, I've, I have so humiliated myself and beg them to let me be a part. And they just say, just keep talking about it. Uh, anyway, love those brothers. I just can't be part of the team and I need to swallow that pill. Uh, wasn't invited to the club. All right. It, it, it is some, I, I deeply confess, and I pray this never gets back to them, but maybe now it will, because I've never said this publicly before in my life. Uh, wow. I, it is the one thing in my life that I so desire to be a part of that I can't. But anyway, they did give me a shirt and they sent me a jacket. Uh, they asked me to speak at the One Project in Seattle. And then when the program came out, I was a panelist. And I'm like, I suck being a panelist. I hate panelists. Like, I'm not a panel. All right. But I love the One Project and I did talk about it and I represented the shirt. All right. I, <laughs> oh, gosh. What is my issue? Moving right along. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. The Bible says this. Paul continues, do nothing from rivalry or conceit. And here's where it speaks to me right now. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Other translations say it this way. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. You have addiction today and you keep struggling with porn and masturbation. This is where Jesus comes along and says, let, my, let me come into you and let me give you your mind. If you're addicted to alcohol or sex or drugs or whatever it is, whatever your addiction is, I believe that this is why this passage is so powerful. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Why? Because your brain needs healing. And it's not something that you can do. You, you, you know, it is what God is offering us. And this is a very fundamental point in the life of the follower of Jesus Christ. That we turn, and, and am, I, am I trying to stand here today and tell you never use drugs to, or I'm talking about medicine to, to help you if you've got issues or not to go to counseling? Am I saying any of that? By no means. Uh, because I do believe that God can use that counselor. I do believe that God can use that medication to bring about healing in your brain. But ultimately what God is wanting to do is to, is to take his brain, the way he thinks, the way he rolls, the way he sees, the way he hears, the way he speaks, and he wants to come up in you and start to give you that new vocabulary, that new ears to hear with, new eyes to see with, a new brain to think with. 
And I'm just simply telling you, church, the reason why I believe in Jesus is not because of the theology I have. The reason why I believe in him is because the experience I have. The man I am today is far different than the man I was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, five months ago. And so that's why I'm deeply grateful for Jesus. Continuing on, chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Uh, again, we're just looking at some, some various verses here. Uh, uh, chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Again, Paul the Apostle is saying he's not already perfect, he hasn't obtained it, doesn't have it all together, but he pressed on to make it his own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. And that's powerful. That is the gospel. We love him because he first loved us. I follow him because he made me his own. All I have to do in the equation is simply receive it. Do you receive it? And then when you receive it, God is the one leading. God is the one directing. God is the one speaking. God is the one drawing you and pulling you in different directions. That's why I say, Avondale College, it's evidence of the Spirit of God abiding in you when you're traveling around the planet. The Bible says the wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it's coming from or where it goes. And so it is with every person that is born of the Spirit. And if I were to ask you folks, if you ever dreamed when you were a teenager that you would be going to Nepal, serving the poorest of the poor, your answer would probably be no. Did you ever dream that you would stand up in front of your student body and confess that you're prideful and that your ego gets in the way and that you're, you're too concerned about money? Would you ever stand, think that you were going to stand up in front of your student body and say that? To me, I just thank God uh, for the evidence of his spirit abiding in you. And so I pray that this week, uh, uh, because I know that I've been harsh because I'm facing harsh things. I'm facing very difficult times. Uh, and I, don't, I haven't even gotten there yet. But I pray that as well you have been affirmed and that your faith has been strengthened, that you would know and be of a good cheer that God is alive and well in you. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Verse 13, brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, and this is so powerful, church, for the person that has blown it, forgetting what lies behind and straining, toward, uh, straining forward to what lies ahead. Did you blow it this week? Did you screw up yet again? Forget what's behind, press on. A uh, little side note on, and a bit of a story of a victory lap. Uh, when I blow it in sin, and I know it's one of those sins that I'm like, I know this is wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway, that type of sin where it's like, uh, I call it, I don't normally confess this publicly, but it just came to me, so I feel compelled to share it, but I'm, I'm giving you this disclaimer because this one's pretty harsh, uh, uh, and that's why I'm flying out on Sunday. I call it the F-U attitude, and this is, this is not easy for me to share but it's, it's the insane place that yours truly gets to. Sometimes it'll happen after weeks like this where we've, we're on this spiritual high. I've been walking and just saturated in community. And then I get home and I'm all alone and isolated. And I'm spin out and poured out. And I'm just, uh, just kind of depleted. And sometimes in my life I get the F you attitude. What do I mean by this? I get to that place where I'm like F you God, F you self, 
F you church, F you wife, F you daughter. And I'm not happy with this. It's, I don't know why I'm sharing this with you. I normally do not share this out loud. Uh, um, but it's the worst place that I have ever been in my life. It's the scariest place that I've ever been in my life. But here's the grace of God. Have you ever been there and you blow it? And then you sin. And before, when I was an immature follower of Christ, I would blow it and sin. And because my focus was all on me and not on Christ, I would walk around with my head low and my heart was heavy for days on end. I felt like I had just totally turned, uh, turned my back on God and shunned him, committed the unpardonable sin, thought I was going to hell in a handbasket. As I've grown in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ and I've gotten into the gospel and started to understand it more, this is what happens in my life. Sometimes when I see the FU attitude coming on, because of the grace of Jesus Christ, I can see it and it's nipped in the bud and I repent of that and Jesus forgives me and loves me. Sometimes I will slip and fall and do the sin. I shouldn't even say slip and fall because it's not like a oopsie daisy. It's not like, oh, I just, I don't know how I ended up. No, I thought about the sin. I knew that I was going to sin and I said, screw you, I'm going to sin anyway. But here's the grace of God. Now in my life, if I blow it and sin, I don't run from God, I run to God. And the more that I learn to run to God in that moment, so I... I've blown it in sin, but in that moment, I've now learned to go to God and say, Daddy, forgive me, cleanse me. And then he, at that moment, renews the right spirit in me. And I will promise you this, that the sooner, and I'm I'm not trying to like dupe you into this or give you like a best kept secret, but I promise you that the sooner you get to that trajectory or, or posture in your relationship with God, the more you are gonna walk in his grace, you're gonna taste his grace, and the less you will sin because you recognize that you are free in Christ and he has empowered you. He will never leave you nor forsake you that when you blow it, you don't go woe is me and walk away for days on end like a loser and and like a defeated Christian. But instead you actually turn and say, thanks be to God. I can walk in grace. You have forgiven me and I'm claiming it. Do you do that to just take advantage of it and it's just this free thing uh, that you just take whenever you can? Uh, well, yeah, you take it whenever you can, but do you, do, do you just use it to abuse it? No, because by God's grace, you start to recognize the heart of God and you don't wanna break the heart of God. And you recognize how deeply painful it is when you get that F you attitude and just screw you, screw everybody else. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. That is the scariest place a human being can be on this planet. And the more you recognize grace, the less you will desire to be there in my experience. So what does he say here? I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let's skip over to verse four, eight. And I just love this stuff. So Yeah, uh, uh, powerful stuff. Skipping on Philippians 4, verse 8, and then we're going to finish in verse 23. Let's boogie on. And you'll see tonight, church, that that this, this closure of this chapter... And the closure of this book is like a salutation. It's his sayonara, farewell. Uh, So we're going to boogie through, but highlight a few things here. Picking up, getting a running start here. 
in verse 8, the Bible says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, we looked at this this morning. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Christ, would you not agree, was true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. So may your mind and may your focus become focused wholly, strictly on Jesus. May he become your greatest thought as you walk forward into the highways and byways. May you think more about Jesus and the character of God than any other thought. May your brain and may your awareness be in heavenly realms and not just in earthly realms. True, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. Verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of what? The God of peace will be with you. God is a God of peace. And unfortunately, we've often been painted a picture that God is a God of war and, and vindication and judgment and wrath. Jesus, once again, in John 14, 9, when you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus, I would submit to you, is the clearest revelation of the character of God this world has ever seen. The Israelites blew it. I believe they declared things about God that weren't even contrary to God or, or weren't even congruent with God, sorry. I've been messing that word. Contrary has just been popping up this week in, in the wrong context. Uh, but they're not congruent. There's things that the Israelites believed and the Jews believed about God. I don't believe that, that were congruent with God. Why? Because when Jesus came, he came to set the record straight. I don't believe that Jesus came just to die for the sins of the world. I believe he came largely to set the record straight. A significant piece is him dying for the sins of the world. Do not get me wrong. But I would submit to you that an even more significant piece is, is not that he died for the sins of the world, but that he rose again and that he promised the gift of the Holy Spirit to anybody who asks. What father is there who on this planet, their little son, I was just with Mark and his little boy, Harrison, and Harrison was like, I would like a piece of pizza. Grabbed it. What father on this planet would say, no, son, here, have a rock. Suck on this rock, you little third-year-old punk. <laughs> you sinner. You're disgusting. You just defiled yourself. <laughs> Go sit in the corner and think about what you've done. What father on this planet whose son comes to them and says to them, Daddy, can I have a piece of bread, would hand them a snake? I mean, this is what Jesus taught. How much more is your father in heaven desiring to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of it? How much more? Infinitely. So listen, church, please know that Jesus is your greatest advocate. Jesus is your hero. I know it's not going to feel like it all the time. I know it's not going to look like it all the time. But please get into his teaching. Please get into understanding who Jesus is. Start to, to, to look at him. You may want to pick up a book that a chick wrote a couple blocks away named Ellen White. Ellen G. to the Whistle. Ellen, whatever you want to call her. She wrote a book called Steps to Christ. What is the book about? Guess what? It's going to be a huge shocker. How to take steps to Christ. Okay? Just read the book. 
And don't, you guys, if, for those of you who just hate Ellen just because her name's Ellen and she looked like a gnarly chick, look, <laughs> look, listen, gosh, I wish she was here right now and I just have to wonder how she would respond. Because uh, I think she would have to laugh. I mean, I really think she would have to be like, oh my gosh, she's so right. Because when, when I was in the third grade, they were like, Ellen, go out for a pass. And so Ellen was running and then she turned around, and it was a rock that just hit her in the face. Um, this is not good. You guys, like on the scale of goodness, this was not a good moment in Ellen's life. Uh, but that's how Satan rolls. The brother that was over here that was on a longboard recently that busted his noggin, like, is he here tonight? His pumpkin is like destroyed right now. And the thing that was cool is he just was sitting there just in peace and quiet, like just chilling with his face like swollen double size. And uh, this is Ellen. Like she went through some tragic stuff, but she wrote some beautiful things. And so for those of you who have had Ellen crammed down your throat and all you have is this picture of this I mean, I'm going to church and somebody says it sounds like a horror story or a horror movie. I'm going to Elm's Haven. And they were like, it seriously sounds like a horror flick. Uh, and it's been acting like one recently too, and no offense. And so, so please help me God that this does not get back to that church body. Um, but I mean, I will say this. How did I get it? You gotta screw me up every time, man. <laughs> Where are we even going right now? Uh, and some of y'all are just looking, just like, are you telling me this dude has been here all week? Hon, here are the keys. Go get the car. We're out of here. Um, yeah, where was that? Yeah, horror in Elm Street. All right. Oh, yeah, if you've had Ellen cram down your, your esophageal passage... And you just don't like her just because you don't like her, but you have no reason. It's like saying you don't like me, but you won't come talk to me. Go, go and just read her book, Steps to Christ. It's a little thin floppy book. Um, I, and you'll be proud of yourself and you can call your parents and say, I actually read a book um, <laughs> while you're here at Avondale. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really read it from cover to cover. All right. So let's pick up. That was all in way of introduction. We are now picking up with verse 10. Sorry, but this is a lock-in tonight. You are stuck. Nowhere to go. You guys are in Korumbong. Where are you going to go? Let's rip that. I cannot believe that ghetto gospel gangster Eddie Hippolyte is coming to this place. As I, as I drove down faculty row here today or whatever, I'm just like, which ghetto house is Eddie going to end up in? Um, bless his heart. You guys are in for such a rich treat. I thank God for that man in my life. And I've met his wife and daughter. 
Uh, and I, I thank God that he is coming here to this campus, and I believe that this campus will truly never be the same. Not for Eddie, but what God will do in and through that man. Uh, I thank God for his service and his commitment uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10, and uh, we'll boogie through this. And this again in, is his like sign-off address to the church in Philippi. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. Again, homie's in a jail cell. He's got issues. He's been shipwrecked. He's been beaten down. All types of drama going on uh, uh, with Paul in his life. So the church has concern for him. And, and Philippi just was a dear place in Paul's heart. You are indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity to serve into that concern. Verse 11, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. And this is what he describes. And, and church, just so I forewarn you, this may burst your bubble a little bit on the Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Watch as I now fly. You know, um, this may burst your bubble just a little bit of the context of which Paul is speaking from, okay? Uh, but please hear this now as we ramp up here into Philippians 4.13. Uh, uh, verse 11 again, sorry. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Verse 12, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and and need. And it is out of that that he then states, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And what he's saying here, church, is again, not that he can, you know, fly like Superman did earlier this week. What he's saying is, is that in all situations through Christ who strengthens him, he can get through this. And as he said earlier in this book, for him to live is, is Christ and to die is gain. And so in all situations, I pray this makes sense, he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. The situation I'm facing, just to testify of what this speaks to me, the situation I'm facing at Elmshaven and what we're walking into there, I believe the kingdom of God is going to come to that church and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So whatever situation you find yourself in, Paul's faith and assurance is not in himself, his faith, hope, and trust is put in none other than God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so in his faith, he can do all things and bear all things through Christ who strengthens him. Verse 14, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Again, what's he doing? He's just affirming the church in Philippi. And, and just saying how grateful he is. Verse 16, even in Thessalonica, you send help for my needs once again. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Again, you know, me coming here, I don't seek any credit. I don't seek the bag of gifts. I, I honestly, by God's grace, it is fruit. And it's not fruit that I produce. It's fruit that God produces. And if no fruit is being produced, something is fundamentally wrong. Theologian professors on this campus potentially could be uncomfortable with things I've said today. I don't know, or said this week. I don't know. I've, I've, no, none of them have talked to me. I don't even know who teaches theology here other than that Barry Gain is here. But you will know them by their fruit. Uh, what is your fruit? Do you teach theology? 
Or do you produce fruit up into righteousness? Are people's lives being changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are they coming to repentance? Are they receiving forgiveness of sin? Are they being baptized? What is happening? Where is your fruit? And what Paul is ultimately about is fruit that increases your credit. Verse 18, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus. Again, church, please, if you take anything from this week, don't name your offspring Epaphroditus. <laughs> I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Verse 19, and hear this now. And so, church, I just, I'm starting to leave you now with this. And, and my God will supply your every need, every need of yours according to his riches in the glory, uh, in glory in Jesus Christ or in Christ Jesus. Verse 20, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever and let the church say amen. And then he says this, a little P.S. note, greet every saint in who? Christ Jesus. May when you greet people, greet them in Christ Jesus. Maybe not say, I greet you, brother, in the name of Christ Jesus. But may your eyes be learned and trained. May Jesus come and saturate your brain. And as you're talking with folks, may you greet them in the love of Jesus Christ. May you greet them, you men, as a soldier of the Most High God. May you greet them, women, uh, just as a woman after God's own heart, and greet them in the name of Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you, stuck in a jail cell, but watch this. All the saints greet you, especially those in Caesar's household. Verse uh, 23, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Church today in Avondale College, I just simply say to you that in you is spirit. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, whatever that looks like for you, if you've just simply acknowledged him as Lord, if you've, if you've just simply said, even the prayer this, because Jesus honors and answers and hears this prayer, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. If that's your prayer tonight, he hears that. And listen to this, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. May you walk in this planet, walking in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love you, Avondale College. It has been a rich joy to be with you. I understand that tomorrow morning when we're back in here, the, 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 the vibe is, the, the script is a little bit flipped. And so we'll have others gathering with us that have not been journeying with, the, with us this week through this book. It has been a tremendous joy. I have never, I can honestly say, even though I preached some of this, uh, uh, some out of this book in Washington, I've never gone verse by verse through this book before. And so I consider it a great joy and a great privilege. Uh, it has been edifying for me. And I just encourage you once again, church, that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. At this time, I'm going to invite my friends to come on up. They're going to be singing a song called In Christ Alone. And then I'm going to come up and pray with you guys and uh, invite you to respond. Amen. How good was that? Y'all crazy. All right. 
just so beautiful. And I just pray that the grace of Jesus Christ would abound in you richly and afresh. I pray that this week would have been of encouragement to your faith. It has been to mine. And I pray that as we leave this place tonight, that for some of us, this would be the beginning of a journey and the beginning of just seeking Jesus more and more and less and less of sinful self. I leave you with these words as a doxology tonight, a benediction, a benediction for our time together for this week, for this festival of faith. So uh, for a benediction, some of you prefer to keep your eyes closed. If you want to close your eyes, it's not biblical. You don't have to, uh, but you can. Uh, God won't strike you down for it. Um, but I do want you to hear this church. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, they said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions. Worldly people devoid of the spirit, but you beloved, but you Avondale College building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads us to eternal life. And now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. And let the church say, Amen. Amen. May God bless you richly. Please pull up, if you will, the slide uh, with the contact information and the decisions. Please, if the cards work or if the texting works for you, God bless you. If not, please come see us. The bottom line is, is this, is that if the Spirit of God is speaking to you, whatever he calls you to do, I implore you, follow him. Follow him. Receive him. It will be the single greatest thing you have ever done. May God bless you, Avondale.